Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of One Life Left. This week's show, we've just finished recording it. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Steve Curran. We've gone straight into this, Steve, and you threatened me at the very end of the show um, with a cliffhanger ending, which I, I, I'm not I'm not best pleased about. I think that this this fast five nonsense is a feature that literally only you like. I love it though. I love it so much. And it's it's not why else do we do the show, Simon? Why do well, we do first, the show? Well, so first of all, let's go through the important business and see if we've got time okay. to do this. All right. Okay. Um, I was good. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed the show. I had trouble speaking, which isn't handy when you're doing a podcast. I've just been stuck indoors for so long. A uh, good show. Um, I'm editing it this week. I would say uh, that towards the end, your um your tales of your time growing up in Stockport. If I could be bothered, <laughs> I would drop in like a Simon Bates attitude <laughs> yeah, you behind definitely that. Should. <laughs> you definitely that, should. That, oh, I'm not going to, but... Uh... No, it should be the Hovis theme. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, something like that. Just, you know, because, you know, just... <laughs> Just to hear that journey that you've come from was was, uh, was really was really hard. Way back then, I, I found the show obviously quite difficult today for reasons that will become apparent uh, when you listen to it uh, today. But you know, I, I enjoyed it as usual, Simon. No, is yep. Simon um, Byron's Fast Five Five uh, Studios that Microsoft have acquired. Okay, Treyarch, King. No, I mean ultimately, but you're not having that one. Why? Because Activision acquired King. Yeah, but Microsoft had just bought them. Yeah, but Microsoft didn't directly acquire King. Oh, come on. This is why this feature falls down. <laughs> well, because you keep getting it wrong. I, Microsoft will own King. All right. Listen, you're missing some easy wins here. Think okay. think local. Think uh, south of England. Think Hollis. Rare. Good. Think... Uh, Handsome Ninja to Theory. Me. Yeah, very yeah, Ninja good. Theory. In fact, both those men are handsome. Are you... Yeah, that's a sick Bernard Martin Hollis there. He unfollowed um... me on Twitter, so I doubt he's listening to the show. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Three others. I do know. I can't... Yeah, look, I don't know why you do this to me. It's not... I can cut this out. I can cut this out like that. No, I, I just because I wanted to talk about how many studios they've acquired. Double Fine. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Mojang. Obsidian, oh, yeah. three four oh, yeah. three, Bethesda That's six, Steve Curran's fast seven. <laughs> Steve well Curran's done. reading stuff out. Id, Arcane, 
I know all this. I know all this. I know I this isn't news to me. Not if One Life Left is, though. Even the news section. Especially <laughs> news sections. <laughs> I don't know if these intros make the show better or worse, Steve. All right, let's, just, let's just crack on with it, shall we? All right. Uh, as ever, thank you very, very much for listening uh, to the show and the podcast. We hope you enjoy. Please do let us know your thoughts by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Here's the show. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you this week, Simon? Oh, you know, Steve, it's been another week in paradise. <laughs> uh, I've done, I've stayed in. I'm still testing positive for COVID, so I've not been let out early. So the whole week has been me, my wife, and my daughter in in the house. I had a man come round to check I was in. Really? Yeah, he tracked and traced me. Are they still doing that? I had no idea. Well, it surprised me because um, I self-reported this test. Obviously, I did it through a lateral flow. And so, you know, I texted in saying, yeah, it was positive. Now, if my intention was to, <laughs> not, was to leave the house, do you think I would have been stupid enough to have told them? Mm. Feels like they are. Uh, feels like they're suspicious of your honesty. Well, it does, doesn't it? And I, so I had this. I opened the door um, and uh, I said hello. And he said, "Oh, hello. Just checking that you're in." I said, "Hello." He said, "You are. You're Mr. Byron, aren't you?" I went, "Yeah." And he went and he so he had all of my details and stuff. He had a mask on um, and was stood uh, quite far back from the door. We had this polite conversation, shouting at each other. Where I, well, you know, which. I was annoyed because I'm like, why are you here? I mean, I didn't say this to him, but like, why are you here? I was thinking while I was going, how are things? Um, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, he was just checking you're all right. Just checking you're staying here until Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said, are, are you busy then? He said, well, you know, he said, um, I've had to come out of uh, retirement to do this. But, uh, you know, with all the restrictions easing, it looks like I might be out of a job soon. So, um, you know, at least coronavirus has been good for some people, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a week, Steve, a week of just of just in, combined with dry January. Honestly, it's just been... It's, just it's nearly been, over, Simon. Nearly over. Is, yeah, I'm allowed out on Tuesday and then I can start drinking the week after. I mean, I can start drinking at any time, but I've come this far. How are you, Steve? How's your week been? It's been all right, Simon. I've had a very busy week. Uh, very, very, very busy week, and uh, a lot's been going on. Lot, lot to think about. Uh, but I have one question for you. Far away. That's why we're here. When was the last time you saw my daughter? Ooh, don't try and catch me out, Stee. Um, well, I am. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you the exact date, but you were there. Was I? Why has she gone missing? No, she's just. Tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. 
literally just before the radio show started. Oh, no. About half an hour ago. Why did you test her? You know, sometimes it's best not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Is she okay? Uh, She's fine. Um, And I tested negative just now. Right. We've all been there. Mm. I say we've all been there. Kate was there. I was was positive straight away after my daughter. Oh, man. Well, fingers crossed. (laughs) Well, look, most important thing, health, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I should, I should, I should have. If you told me this, I would have sent the man round on his way. <laughs> would have stand outside for ten, time, wouldn't you? Stand outside um, for ten days. My apartment is much smaller than your house, so it feels feels like I'm waiting for the the hammer to drop. You can get out now. What? Are you, why? Why are we recording this now? You can, you can get out now and, and isolate elsewhere, and then it would be, be against the law to leave. That would be the sensible thing to do, wouldn't it? It really would isolate in your shed. It really would be the sensible thing. Should we just play music for the rest of the show? Get yourself up here. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, So that's a thing. Oh, so um, how Mm. is your partner doing? Well, she, at at the time of recording the show, had not yet undergone her test. So we'll have an update next week, won't we? Oh, blimey. Well, you make me feel bad about complaining, Steve, because at least I'm towards the end of it. Although, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously see how you get on. But so Kate tested positive. Um, I was on the Friday uh, with R- Ramona and then Kate was negative uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I spent much of the weekend away from her. Uh, she tested positive Monday. Now, the rules are you need to isolate for 10 full days after your test unless... Um, you have two negative results from day five or day six, which is how they describe them. It's not. It's from it's, it's from day six and day seven because you actually start at day zero, really. Um, she reckons that she might be testing. So she tested this morning. Very, very faint uh, double red line. Um, so if she tests negative tomorrow and on Tuesday, she'll be able to come out on Tuesday, I think, um, hmm. if we've done our numbers. And that's annoyed me. because she should be three days behind me i've had to stay i you know even if so i i can't get out early because you need two two tests two negative tests 24 hours apart uh well she might get out and i'm I'm annoyed by this you you know what you should do little red marker oh very good and you should get some tipex (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we are a video game radio show uh, broadcasting on Resonance 104.4 FM and on your favourite podcast provider. And we all we, we talk about this kind of stuff because, you know, it's all, it's all video games really, isn't it? But we also do talk about actual video games. I've played a game this week. Simon, have you played a game this week? I have played a game this week, Steve. Great. Well, you've had time and I'm going to have time, time this week, aren't I? <laughs> but, uh, but, so. but, 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 but the main issue is that I've had time. I've just not had the enthusiasm. Mm. Honestly. Oh, well, let's 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 chat next week. But um, yeah, I've been going to bed early. Compare symptoms. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have our review section. We'll talk about the games we played then. We have our letters section. I've seen a couple of letters this week as well. And first, we have our news section. Simon, have you uh, done any news this week? I've done the news, Steve. Don't worry about that. Thank goodness for that. All right, this is the news. 
Off you go, Simon. Well, there's only been uh, one real news story this week, Steve. We record on uh, a Sunday, and so anything that happens after a Sunday needs to wait until the following uh, broadcast. Um, And so we are playing catch-up a little bit, uh, but in news that shocked the games industry uh, this week uh, from Eurogamer. Uh, Wesley Yin Paul writes Forget Call of Duty Warzone and Bloodborne The next gen upgrade we really want is here My friend Pepper Pig's PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S upgrades Are now available for free And they make last year's family friendly hit game really pop PS5 enhancements include DualSense controller and activity card support Faster loading times and get this A quality mode that lets you run the game at a native 4K resolution If you don't fancy that you can try Pepper in performance mode Which runs the game at 60fps and 1080p resolution Xbox Series X and S enhancements include faster loading times Quick resume support and the performance mode Uh, That's right, the poor old Xbox Series S isn't powerful enough to run Peppa Pig in 4K. And no console, it seems, is powerful enough to run Peppa Pig at 4K and 60 FPS. There we go. Uh, Wes jokes that uh, they haven't picked the people at Digital Foundry on a Peppa Pig face-off yet. They will do that next week. My friend Peppa Pig has very positive reviews on Steam, where it's enjoyed a number of ironically positive reviews. There are some non-ironically positive reviews too. Uh, so there we go, Steve. The news that, that has had the games industry talking. My friend Peppa Pig has got next-gen upgrade. Um, one thing before we move on to the discussion. Um, Xbox Series S can't do 4K, uh, Wes. Um, so it's no surprise it can't run it. <laughs> uh, but then we go, that, that does illustrate some of the confusion. Even our, our most respected journalists can't keep up with the naming conventions uh, that Microsoft shows. Um, have you played My Friend Peppa Pig, Steve? I have not. We have actually a blanket ban on Peppa Pig inside this small COVID-ridden apartment. Well, let me tell you, you'll be relaxing all restrictions. (laughs) (laughs) All bets will be off. Would you like to play on your tablet, darling? No, carry on, just so that I can answer some work emails. Um, uh, I, um, as a last uh, resort, ordered it off Amazon yesterday. Uh, Same day delivery. Again, you'll be making good good use of that. Uh, and we started playing on Switch uh, this morning, Ramona and I. Um, uh, obviously, I can't recommend it to you. What, so why have you banned Peppa Pig? What, what's 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 Peppa done? Honestly, Simon, and I'm I'm, se- I'm telling you this in confidence, knowing full well that my partner doesn't listen to the radio show. Okay, mine does sometimes when she's not listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself. How do you know she's listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself? Because she's walking around the house with her headphones in laughing. What are you listening (laughs) to, my dear? I say, oh, one life left, she lies. Um, uh, So she does listen, and she's on a WhatsApp group, I believe, with your wife, so be careful what you say. Well, if... If she is listening to this bit, she's not to tell the WhatsApp group or to clip this bit out of the podcast and share it with the WhatsApp group. I'm not sure why Peppa Pig is banned (laughs) in our house. Like, it it was a decision made some time ago. I think it was one of those sort of decisions where you go, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I I agree. I, I don't... 
I don't think it's very good. I mean, I've, I don't know much about it. It's never offended me. It's never picked a fight with me or anything. I've seen, you know, seen pictures of it. It doesn't sound very funny. Uh, well, um, but neither's today- one life left, and that's not banned from the house. So, <laughs> did you hear, did you see the bit they clipped from the show last week to put I on didn't. our audiogram? It was what you was talking that? about PlayStation Five stock shortages. If that isn't a, if that's an, <laughs> an illustration that that was the best thing they could clip out. <laughs> oh, as if we were a serious news show. Um, well, like I say, it's been a long it's been a long few uh, COVID um, isolated days. Uh, so not only did we start playing the game this morning, but we were watching it this evening. And Ramona really, really laughed at it when uh, Pepper tries to cure George of hiccups. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, like I say, I would take the next few <laughs> next ten days as you need to, and who knows? Maybe your daughter will be enjoying uh, my friend Pepper Big, which um, we quite enjoyed. In fact. I was teasing Ramona with it by showing her the YouTube trailer yesterday morning uh, before we ordered it. And she got angry at the trailer because it chose a character that she wouldn't have done. Um, so that's how invested that she was. It did illustrate to me how uh, user unfriendly the Switch is to uh, very young children. She's four. And all that business about having to push your top two shoulder buttons. I understand why you need to do it. You need to do it about two or three times in order to get the game working. Um but once you're in, uh, she seemed to enjoy it, although she said there's a lot of walking in it. The walking is where the loading screen is. Hey, Dougie. Waiting for a Hey, Dougie game. Then I'll okay. be fully in. Uh, so, Simon, um, mm. news story number two. Well, of course, Steve. The really big news was that Microsoft announced that they've bought or are in the process or, or intend to buy Activision. Um, it was news. I think it came out Monday or Tuesday last week. Um, and I think it's fair to say that a lot of people were surprised. We've seen uh, Microsoft go on spending sprees recently where they've been snapping up game development studios. Uh, but this uh, is... Um, what if, if Is it... Are Activision the biggest premium uh, uh, publisher on console and PC? Uh, uh yeah, seemingly, um, assuming that it doesn't get blocked, uh, will be becoming part of the Microsoft family and with all the implications that that brings. Now, it's a challenging time uh, to be working with Activision given all of the press that they've been having. Uh, and so a lot of people have had lots of things to say on the internet about uh, whether this is a good or a bad thing or what have you. But there are a couple of interesting tidbits that emerged from either going through the papers on the deal or some of the follow-up interviews um afterwards uh two of which are coming up uh so video games chronicle wrote on uh the 19th of january chris scullion wrote activision blizzard ceo bobby kotick was interested in interested in acquiring video game press publications in a in an attempt to change reporting around the company it's been alleged a new report by the wall street journal details the reasons why microsoft's acquisition of activision blizzard was likely made easier due to ongoing problems at the company however a section near the end of the report makes the claim that prior to the acquisition kotick was considering the possibility of buying certain video game publications According to the report, Kotick wanted to own these publications in an attempt to paint Activision Blizzard in a positive light again. 
Mr Kotick has been eager to change the public narrative about the company and in recent weeks has suggested Activision Blizzard make some kind of acquisition including of gaming trade publications like Kotaku and PC Gamer, according to people familiar with him, the report reads. It also states that an Activision spokesman... Spokeswoman disputed this, that Geo Media, the parent company of, Gore, of uh, Kotaku, declined to comment, and PC Gamer didn't respond to a request for comment. How do you feel about that strategy, Steve? I'm just checking my spam folder to see if uh, we missed uh, an email from Activision. Well, is it too late to start being nasty about them? Or just really nice to show them the power of what we can do. They've always been my favourite games publisher. Oh, am I am I playing bad cop now? Yes. Oh, I don't like them. I like Call of Duty and I can... Diablo. No, is that that is them? Okay, just checking. And I think, um, I think this is going well. World Kotick of is... Warcraft. I played World of Warcraft twice. Bobby Kotick is probably reaching for the pause button on his favourite podcast player right now, <laughs> about to pick up a red phone. Those offers will be coming in hot. Yeah, uh, this feels like very evil genius sort of tactic, doesn't it? Like, all right, we'll just buy them. We'll buy everyone. We'll buy everyone. Make them say nice things about us. You're thinking of rebellion, of course. I'm always thinking about rebellion. What? In, oh, they did do that, didn't they? They've, they've, uh, they own Evil Genius, but they also bought some media to say nice things about them. Two thousand AD. Oh, does that talk about rebellion now? Is, is Judge Dredd always playing uh, <laughs> Sniper, Sniper Elite? Elite. <laughs> <laughs> what assumes if you're going to buy a comic? Uh, I suppose you might as well. I suppose. I assume yeah. the Kingsleys are superheroes somewhere in two thousand AD. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would you do that's, it anyway? That's a good point. If you read 2000 AD, can you let us know what the Kingsleys are up to in it, please? <laughs> uh, the other thing about... Um, bah, 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 the other thing about... Sorry, my news has disappeared. Um, about the Activision story was uh, this. That's, uh, again, from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, this is the day after. Presumably VGC were waiting for the for the phone call from Activision, didn't get it, so they carried on their reporting. Um, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick has said he'd like to see Microsoft bringing back some currently retired series once his acquisition deal has been completed. Speaking to VentureBeat, Kotick cited Guitar Hero and Skylanders as two franchises that were extremely popular for Activision in the past, but were eventually shelved for numerous reasons. One of the reasons was the need for a separate manufacturing team, something Kotick said he wasn't prepared to set up, but he feels that Microsoft should be equipped for. He also hopes Microsoft will use its social integration tools to make the Candy Crush series a more engaging multiplayer experience. So there you go. Uh, Bobby Kotick now has suddenly started telling Microsoft what they should be doing with the company after he sold it. Um, there is some dispute about whether he's going to stay or, or whether he's going to go. Spoiler, he's going to go. But it's interesting, isn't it, that he reckons they should bring back the two series that he drove into the ground. <laughs> um, I worked on the Guitar Hero games uh, from one to five. And um, one was obviously Red Octane, uh, self-published. The, they then got acquired by um, Activision and sort of two onwards were... were run by the publisher and it was a horrific time to work on the game that I, every year they bought out a new guitar so it was new plastic that was needed you needed to the the the, the games themselves took um 
uh, always took advantage of something on the controller that the previous years didn't have. All the discs were, um, uh, all the games existed in isolation, whereas Rock Band was building up a catalogue of titles. You had to restart the games, uh, each game separately. Um, there were a series, a series of really awful add-ons and a genuinely ill-advised uh, DS version. Um, uh, all of which, and even when they tried to bring it back with Guitar Hero Live, um, just just did such an appalling job on it that I'd be very, very surprised if we were lucky enough to see the series re-emerge. But there might be some muse in it, Simon. There was lots of muse in it by the time it's... <laughs> maybe that's what killed it. Um <laughs> And Skylanders, certainly, I mean, honestly, you can't walk into a, a computer exchange without the door uh, pushing over stacks and stacks of Skylanders tat that, uh, you know, was once sought after by every child in the land, but is now, yeah, just used as, as part exchange for more popular games. Toys to life. Indeed. What happened? They all died. That was the problem, wasn't it? Um, well, good luck. I... I want to say good luck to Bobby Kotick. I don't actually want to say that. I think we all know that he's out of here, isn't he? As soon as this deal completes, if this deal completes. Uh, and he's done very well out of it. I think I saw someone on Twitter say, uh, I guess that's the price you have to pay to be rid of that person. Yeah. Farewell, Bobby. A um, uh, couple more quick ones, Steve, uh, if you fancy them. Um one I thought was interesting, again, from videogameschronicle.com, uh, Chris Scullion wrote, Valve's Steam Deck suitability ratings have started rolling out and just over half the games tested so far work without any compromises. The list on SteamDB shows all the games which currently have an official Steam Deck rating from Valve's testers. Valve is in the process of reviewing the entire Steam catalogue and is marking each game with one of four ratings designed to show how smooth the experience will be when playing the game on its upcoming handheld. These ratings are designed to let Steam Deck owners easily tell which games are best suited for play on the deck. At the time of writing, 67 games have been rated, of which 38 have been rated verified, which means they are playable without any issues whatsoever. 24 have been rated playable, which means they work on Steam Deck, but the experience isn't completely seamless. The most common reason for this is games which require the player to enter text, which means they have to bring up the Steam's on-deck keyboard. Only five games have been rated unsupported so far, four of which are VR titles. Brackets, the Steam Deck doesn't support any VR games. The other unsupported game is Persona 4 Golden, although Steam doesn't explain why. It simply says Valve is still working on adding support for this game on the Steam Deck. So there we go. Out of the 67 games, Steve, there are some that which work flawlessly. And that, for me, is a little bit of a problem. I'm excited about the Steam Deck. I've still got my pre-order in. Uh, it's still coming Q2 this year. Um, but the original pitch was, you know, your whole library on one device. And now it looks like there's going to be some asterisks next to it. Mm. Um, outlining, well, <laughs> it's on it, but it doesn't work. And yeah, I mean, that's bringing back the perils of pc gaming to a to a handheld uh typically as um a format that hasn't needed to address them previously well it's that third category that i'm mostly interested in the ones that work perfectly fine the ones that uh, require a keyboard of course that's going to be a problem on the steam deck and we know obviously that vr titles were never going to work on the steam deck as well so how many in that third band in the in the doesn't really work uh, what playable with minor inconveniences? Yeah. That... Um... 
Yeah. That's the second. What's the second band? So the second band is is the is the one that has uh, minor inconveniences. Text. Yeah, yeah. So, so un, un, unsupported at the moment. The only yes. so out of, out of the sixty seven, mm-hmm. uh, there's only one so far. Persona, Persona Four Golden. No. no reason given. Okay, so there are only three bands. Yes. Okay. Works flawlessly. Playable. Uh, and unsupported. Well, that sounds like almost everything works then. And is it? Persona, that's the problem, Simon. Were you really looking forward to playing Persona? No. Um, no, the point is is that is that not all of them will work flawlessly, that some will, will require uh, the user to do something. Well, how are you um, going to enter text if without a keyboard? Like, of course that was going to be always the issue, surely. No, yeah, I, um, I get what you're saying, Steve, but they've tested 67 games. And, and out of... So there's and there's one of them that that doesn't work. Do you know how many games are on Steam? I do not know how many games are on Steam. It's a lot more than sixty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, um, yes. Now, uh, obviously, I get what you're saying. Now, um, it will be interesting to see exactly what the minor inconveniences are because mm. you are used to it on the Switch. You're used to a virtual keyboard or what have you. Um, but yes, this this list is going to grow over time. Um, I couldn't care less about Persona 4 Golden. Um, <laughs> they don't need to give me a reason for that, Steve. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to shrug my shoulders, um, even though I do think I own it. Um, uh, but yeah, um, out of the 67, given that one doesn't work, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how many more of the entire Steam library, um, on uh, which will be available to, available to you on your handheld, won't work at all. I tried to play a Persona game. I think it was. Okay. It might have been Persona 4. Uh, ungolden and uh, i was i was streaming it and uh i was like it's quite slow there's very few interactions i was about two hours in and still i barely made a choice and just had to x my way through lots of dialogue and um i was sort of expressing this on the stream and someone said oh no 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 don't worry it gets really good after eight hours (laughs) There you go. That's it, Steve. You don't have the stamina. Mm. Uh, uh, one more? F- yeah. Uh, so, again, <laughs> uh, from Video Games Chronicle, No More Heroes creator uh, Guachi Suda, a.k.a. Suda51, has revealed he's had meetings with Marvel, a company he's long wanted to make a game with. Japanese publication Automaton recently published an interview with six members of Grasshopper Manufacturer including its CEO, Suda, which discussed the studio's plans for a a wide-ranging recruitment drive to increase the studio for future titles. However, as part of the interview, Suda was asked for more information on the studio's plans to release three games over the next 10 years. The first thing we're going to do is create original IP, he said. Until now, we've often worked with publishers who have their own IPs. We've been given the budget to make them on commission. For independent studios, this is often the case. From now on, we'd like to create three new IPs and launch them one by one. Uh, however, we've also said we'd like to make IPs that are based on attractive original works, if there are any. I think that will depend on discussions we have with Marvel Studios. If Marvel Studios comes with comes up with something good, we'll think about it. Well, that's interesting, uh, Suda51. Um, I would say that you've had meetings with Marvel. Let me tell you this. I once had a meeting with the FA, and I'm, go- and I'm not implying that I'm going to be playing for England, am I? <laughs> uh, are you a big Suda51 fan, Simon? Uh, I think his games are interesting. 
How's okay. that for a non-committal answer? It, which which of his games do you think are the most interesting? Well, it's probably the ones I'm most familiar with um, are uh, No More Heroes. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Mm. I, I met him once. Did you now? Yeah, I had a meeting with him. Which means <laughs> I'm in I'm in talks with Suda Fifty One to uh, right. to make One Life Left into a video game. No, I, I met him at a games conference in Canada. I was introduced to him by Swery, uh, and it was one of those uh, conversations you have with someone who doesn't speak uh, your language through an intermediary, where there's a lot of nodding and polite waiting around, and then you kind of drift apart at the end, knowing neither of you are ever going to talk to each other ever again. Well, he doesn't mention it in this interview. <laughs> Surprising. All right, is that the end of the news? That's the end of the news. All right. Thank you, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, but we're also broadcast as a podcast currently on the Pickaxe Network. You can find out more about that on the One Life Left uh, website. In our show notes, you'll find links to the things that we've talked about today on the show. And you'll also find a link to our Discord. Thanks to our undercaretaker, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Um, I would recommend a meeting with the FA, Steve. I um, I went to them uh, with an idea to sponsor to uh, to get Pokemon to sponsor the FA Cup many many years ago, and you go and meet them at their offices in Wembley Stadium. And um, at the end, at the start of the meeting, they give you um, an England shirt with your name on it. Uh, which was uh, which was a nice gift, and then at the end of the interview, you can go for a tour of Wembley Stadium. That does sound impressive, Simon. When I worked for Chelsea Football Club a couple of years ago, they didn't give me a shirt, and in fact, they told me off when I wore my Stockport County shirt to the office. Did they? Who was it who told you off? John Terry. Did he? <laughs> he gets very angry. <laughs> He's just involved in everything. Everything there. Um, yeah, we've got some letters this week. Shall we do the letters section? This is a little earlier than I was expecting, Steve. Oh, sorry. I might, sorry, I might have sorry. to say some words briefly uh, before we move to letters. Okay. Um, I've got no idea what those words will be, uh, but I finished them. 
BCC One Life Letters. Right, we've had a letter this week from Kazula. Uh, Kazula has written to us to say, Hello team and SSG, good morning. I heard you mention in the podcast opening that you'd possibly answer a question as honestly as possible. Is this for the podcast opening then, this one? Uh, Not anymore, Steve. That opens up... Oh, maybe we could answer it differently in the opening. That opens (laughs) up a whole plethora of possible questions. My question is, what game or thing has honestly been close to not earning a 7 out of 10? Just to let you know, I got Disney Plus Boba Fett ad in the previous episode to really nail your listenership. Would Sega Badawi up for taking up some ad space? Also, a previous email wasn't read out. It was either hit by the spam folder or not good enough. Always love to show Zuba. Uh, it was definitely hit by the spam folder. Um, so, Simon, anything you've ever reviewed on the show come close to not getting a 7 out of 10? We did have that incident once, didn't we? I think a guest gave it... Um... Gave a game eight out of ten. That was embarrassing, wasn't it? The whole, the whole narrative thread of One Life Left unravelled <laughs> before our very eyes. Had to issue an official correction the next. We uh, did next indeed. Uh, um, I've been I've been playing Formula One uh, twenty twenty two this week, and it's rubbish. So mm. I'm not going to review it because I'd need to give it seven out of ten. <laughs> uh, there've been games that I have loved so much. I mean, most recently. Uh, Noita, Noita, uh, the Finnish game a couple of years ago, which I was obs- obsessed with. Uh, it was really painful to give it, you know, the score that it absolutely deserved, 7 out of 10. But otherwise, <laughs> I can't think of anything. Our, uh, our review system is pretty sound. Pretty sound, yeah, sorry. And I think it's I think it's F1 2021 I'm playing, uh, not, not 2022, but um, even so, yeah. I, I just, sorry, obviously it's not rubbish, but it, it's just, it's just really bad. It's bad. <laughs> bad in what it tries to do with the story mode it's just really unwieldy and you know the story mode in fifa is loads of fun and the story mode in f1 which should also be loads of fun um isn't and it's got just really tedious challenges seven out of ten um chris conroy writes dear team and ssg re frying pans in shooters i thought half-life 2 deathmatch would have used a frying pan as an offensive weapon and went looking for evidence. Instead, I found patch notes from a Team Fortress 2 update in 2012. Fix the frying pan not being positioned correctly for some classes. So there you go. Conclusive proof that, as usual, Valve were there first. Your culinary combat correspondent, Chris Conroy. Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Thank you, ref- Chris. Uh, that was referencing one of the things we were talking about last week, which was the beef between PUBG and an alleged clone. Dear One Life Left team, writes Ed on the Mailbag channel on the Discord, what's the best game about peer pressuring a podcast radio show host into coming to a video game karaoke night right at the end of dry January? (laughs) Is that dating Jeopardy now, Steve? Well, I was about to say, you might have to go and host it, Simon. Exactly. All part of the plan. All part of the plan. Part of the plan. Uh, Weasel Spoon writes, Hello team. This week a package arrived for me from East Bristol Auctions. From the collection of animator Richard Basley were several lots of photocopied character model sheets from old jobs. I put a first bid on a lot which nobody else wanted. So I now have a stack of behind-the-scenes reference work from Dragon's Lair and Space Ace, the Don Bluth Laserdisc games. 
Awful as the games were, the animation was beautiful, and it's lovely to see the artists at work. What working draft would you love to see? Which production document would you like to come across on eBay? Pip Pip Robert. Wow. I mean, with every week, with every correspondent, I become more envious of Robert Wells. Um, He's right. The games weren't really games, although, you know, many modern titles do take their cues from the Space Ace, uh, from the Dragon's Lair Space Ace games with their quick time events. Uh, but that must be thoroughly interesting. I mean, those games still uh, hold a place in my heart, uh, being f- f- just in awe of them when I saw them on Boscombe Pier back in the day. I think they were the first arcade machines to require a pound coin. Um, you know, and even though you only got a few seconds of enjoyment out of them. Um, but they were so revolutionary back at the time. I can remember John Craven's news round doing a piece on them appearing in arcades because they were so unlike anything that we'd seen before. So um, he's good at eBay, isn't he, Robert Wells? He sometimes, so buys, he sometimes buys my stuff, which we you know, which lets him down a little bit. But uh, that's a great find. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I would like to see by return. Steve, any thoughts? Well, this week, uh, I ended up on a Twitter thread by Dan Cook, uh, my favourite game designer, uh, Dan C... What's his, is it Dan... What's his Twitter name? Dan C. The Duck. Uh, he's the guy who designed Road Not Taken, uh, my, one of my favourite video games of all time, and loads of other brilliant games, Alpha Bear, for example. Um, he's, he's fabulous, but this Twitter thread really really grabbed my attention because it was about a game of his that I'd never heard of, a game called Hard Vacuum so I googled that, tried to find out what was going on because it was, you know, some people were doing some work with it, it turns out in 1995 no sorry, in 2005 Dan Cook on his blog wrote a post-mortem of a game that had come out 12 years, or hadn't come out 12 years before that, a game called Hard Vacuum and um, it was going to be an RTS game, uh, followed on following on from Dune Two, which Simon, I'm sure you'll remember, was like the father of the modern RTS. I did the PR for Dune Two, Steve. Well, that game was so successful, presumably. You're welcome, Westwood Studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want it... any credit. <laughs> that it revolutionised. Well, it kickstarted the whole RTS genre, and Dan Cook worked on a game called Hard Vacuum, based in this uh, new genre. It never came out. Uh, he did a post mortem of it in 2005, and in that post mortem, describes the game beautifully. At the end of it, he uh, he wraps up a zip file of loads and loads of sprites uh, from the game. From uh, yeah, there's a link there. Download the Hard Vacuum tile set, 2.57 megs anyway some people have been picking that up and remaking it based on the design docs and the um and the tile sets the the sprites available and isn't that amazing that like based on this archive material this is what uh robert's message reminded me of uh how long is this past the date like uh 1993 to now 19 years later no more than that 100 years, 112 years later, (laughs) uh, 29 years later, uh, someone's recreating a game that never, never existed. So my answer to Robert is I would love to see uh, 
game documents from cancelled games, um, games that never made it to uh, to publication, uh, and material from those games. I'd love to see uh, pop up on eBay. People buy those and then remake the games because I think that's really interesting exploration. Uh, there's a brilliant blog, blog post on this. I'll try and get it linked in the show notes. Uh, but Dan makes a point in it, like how different uh, these genres could have been if you took different routes right at the start. So if Hard Vacuum had come out with some of the design choices that it made, maybe many, many games would have based their design choices in the modern day on that game. And uh, the world would be slightly different right now. Um yeah, go and read it. Uh, so, why didn't he finish it? Why didn't, or, or was it finished and not re- re- released? What was? Don't know, was mate. That? Didn't get that far in the blog post, did I? <laughs> Too long. Didn't read. <laughs> Bookmarked it for later. Nice. Okay, is that it for our correspondence this week? I think that is it. If you've got any letters you'd like to send to One Life Left, and please, please do, uh, email. Team at onelifeleft.com Or you can stick a note on the Discord. We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM video game radio show. Uh, This is our sort of any other business section of the show. My main piece of other business, as Simon alluded to in the letters section, uh, is the Marioki gig arc our karaoke event that we do uh, where we've written lots and lots of songs to be about video games. The event for January is taking place this Friday at a new venue in Stoke Newington, uh, downstairs, the new downstairs at Loading Bar. It's actually going to be their launch party. And theoretically, I'll be there hosting and singing. In practical terms, that may not happen because (laughs) might be isolating, Simon. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely, Steve. Let's be honest, isn't it? Unless you genuinely do leave now, (laughs) I cannot see how (laughs) you're going to avoid catching COVID in your flats. Well, here's my... Given that Patient Zero has already identified herself. (laughs) Here's my theory. Uh, Maybe I've already had it. Okay. Because, you know, I've been muting myself throughout the show today every time I've been coughing. So ideally, none of those coughs make it to air. But I have been coughing, Simon. So it may be that that's the sort of hangover of COVID, which I might have had a week ago. I am testing, currently testing negative. One red line, and that's with no Tipex. <laughs> But even so, you know, if there's um, a crossover of um, One Life Left listeners and Marioki attendees, do you think people are more or less likely to go to an event where you're going to be singing at them, having recently emerged from a flat rife with COVID? I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's bravery and there's stupidity. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of yours, Steve. I I'm not sure I'd go. <laughs> it's got air conditioning, Simon. It's got air conditioning, and we, and we wipe the mic after every song, so yeah, it does. <laughs> we'll 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 see. Rack up the negative tests. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe you are immune, 
And then maybe, actually, at Marioki, we could all take some of your blood, <laughs> inject it into ourselves, and then also become immune. And maybe then that's it. Maybe that's COVID solved. We, Simon, are you, are you going to attend? <laughs> I'm not going to attend, no. <laughs> Especially not now. Especially not now. Although, actually, you know, I'm probably the safest man in the country, or certainly I will be on Friday. Um, oh, maybe my daughter. Yeah. So what are you going to do then? Are you going to, is there going to be a stand-in stunt double? I, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I haven't broken the be? news to the team yet. Right. Yeah. Do you think they are crossing their fingers that you get ill in the order so that they can shine? Queuing up, just watching, waiting maybe for me they, to fall. Have they, been, have they been coughing on your daughter recently? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah, uh, that's... Um, that's an so interesting this is in, question. Um, this is in uh, London. Uh, obviously, we should explain to any potential new listeners. Um, the Loading Bar uh, is a favourite venue of ours. Now, they put on uh, Twitter this week um, a diagram of their basement steer. Look very swish. Have you been? I have been, yes. Uh, I, I mean, and did you see the Twitter diagram? I did not, no. Okay. You're only sort of 50% used to me for this question then. I can look it up now if you want. No, it's just it just looks so swish. I I mean I was I thought yeah, I thought pretty cool and it's only and it's not open during the day is it? It's only open for late. It's like I've uh, gone to twitter.com/loadingbat instead. Okay, uh, what are they doing? It's a locked profile, but their username is innocent. Which is a bit suspicious. That is suspicious. Uh, right, I'm on the right profile now. Loading bar, scrolling down. Oh, you mean the the picture, the sort of is it... isometric? Yes, picture. yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that is what it looks like. How comes Devolver have got a massive wall in it? Uh, money. Did they? I assume. Did they pay for that? Did they? Yeah, they must have done. Okay, so so would we have to pay for a, for a wall? Just take some pens. Just take some pens. No, the the truth is, I literally know the answer to that because okay. at the previous loading bar, the uh, the one in Dalston, uh, pre-COVID, they have uh, they had that outside sort of advertising space, big, 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 uh, you know, ad venue above the door on the corner, and that had been, I guess, they took some money from a mobile game for a while, and then that advertising deal ran out and i don't think jimmy wanted to go and find anything he he offered it up on twitter and we said we would take it and he said all right then we were going to take that space and do a big old neon sign saying home of marioki with a clock that counted down to the next marioki and an arrow pointing down to the door we're going to spend about three grand on that okay and um this was in february of 2019 uh, and, oh, yeah. and in March, everything was locked down, so we bailed, and then the bar closed down. So it was lucky we didn't. But the poster, uh, the the advert for that mobile game, is still up there. So we could have could have had that space had for it. all this time, uh, pointlessly. And I'm sure you know Jimmy would give us a bit of wall space if we asked. Well, you what know, would you just... want on it? What would you want to do with it? I'd want exactly. I'd want one life left. Stroke Marioki. What just just those words? Yeah, and also we heart Bobby Kotick. <laughs> Heartstroke hate. Perfect. Uh, Shall we do the reviews? Let's do the reviews. 
Simon, what have you been mm. playing this week? This week's D. Uh, I've been continuing with Final Fantasy. I've not played God of War. I have bought it on PC. Uh, but the game I have been uh, spending a little bit of time with is Overboard from Inkle. Have you played it? I have not played it. Came out last year. Um, it was um, made in a couple of months. I think uh, studios often do this uh, in between projects where they just devote some time to experimental games. And Overboard uh, is the result of that. So it is... Um, I was going to say it's murder mystery, uh, but it's not. It's the opposite of that because it's 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 very clear who done the murder, and that and that is you, uh, the the player. You um, play the wife um, uh, of a man. <laughs> You're on a ship to New York. Um, you are encountering some hard times. Um, so, for the life insurance, uh, you push your husband overboard at the start of the game. Um, there are uh, you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You're heading to New York. The idea is to get to New York without being caught as the murderer. Um, and so it plays out as a sort of visual novel style game um, in which you hop between locations. Every time you change locations, time advances. So it's got this sort of neat time pressure on it. Um, and throughout repeated plays, because you'd have to be very, very good at the murdering business in order to get through first play, um, you basically piece together the movements, the motivations of the other characters on the boat. Uh, and basically, uh, uh, well, I suspect I haven't done it yet. Um, get to New York um, without people suspecting that you've done it. Um, it's it's an interesting uh mechanic in that um it's throwing a lot of information um at you in terms of what people uh what you think people know what they tell you that they know um and some of the objects that are available to interact with and and potentially can come in handy later um done um with uh, a lovely art style um and what i liked about it particularly is that often with these sort of time loop games um, it can be a bit of a chore uh, when you're going, when you're replaying uh, bits you've played before, and you may want to like essentially make the same decisions again and then change your mind a little bit later on. It makes it very, very easy to do that. It's very, very uh, user friendly in terms of, hey, this is what you did before. Do you want to change it this time around? Um, enabling you to spend more time uh, thinking about how to uh, not get caught as opposed to sort of uh, just um, mind-numbingly clicking past bits you've seen before. So, yeah, I uh, it's taken me a while to play. I'm not quite sure why, uh, but I'm glad I did get to it this week. Um, very enjoyable. Haven't got to New York um, a free woman yet, but I hope to over the coming week. Seven out of ten. Simon, um, this week my daughter came back from nursery Full of COVID, one assumes. Didn't know that at the time. Uh, But she was talking nonsense like she does because she's in that age. And she was telling me, uh, she's at that age, and she was telling me that she has invented a game. Uh, Oh. Well, she didn't say it like that. She said, she said, do you want to play Steamer Cookie? Okay. And uh, I was like, I don't know what Steamer Cookie is. And she said, you know, it's Steamer Cookie, it's Steamer Cookie. 
and she uh, she explained the rules. Uh, you have a ball, you chase after the ball, and then you run around, and then you sit down and you make something, and then you make sure everyone's okay. And none of this makes sense, but maybe it was you know first signs of COVID. But then <laughs> it reminded me um, when I was growing up, Simon, on the the mean streets of Stockport. Wasn't much to do. We didn't have high res Peppa Pig video games to play. Uh, we didn't even have Dan the Duck's hard vacuum because that had been cancelled. We had nothing to do. Uh, instead, we had to make our own fun. And my friend, my childhood friend Andy, uh, and I, we um, we made up a game called Gridball. Okay. Yeah. We thought we'd we'd hit on something here. Uh, we thought it was going to be, you know, by the time we were old in our twenties, we thought it might become an Olympic sport. Gridball was quite clever. You'd stand uh, school car park opposite where Andy lived. Uh, you'd stand either side of a um, what do you call those things that were in that demo, that Matrix demo. There were thousands of them. Uh, manhole covers. Thank you. Manhole covers. You'd stand either side of a manhole cover on what amounted to a tennis court, right? And you'd throw a ball and you'd try and throw it past your uh, your opponent while hitting the grid. Grid ball, right? And if the, oh, very good. Yep. Yeah, and if your opponent failed to get the ball, uh, you know, there were some other rules like one hand, one bounce, that kind of thing, so... It's all very, very clever. High octane. It never caught on outside of Andy and I. Uh, but we enjoyed it. When also, you say that you... Well, just on that, when you say that you'd hoped it would become an Olympic sport, yeah. um, the the location seemed quite specific in your description of the rules. So you say that you, you, you'd hope that all future Olympics would come from outside Andy's house. <laughs> would you? No, no, don't be... Well, what we thought is you could easily turn the grid... the manhole cover into a you know an item that it doesn't have to be a grid could be all kinds of shapes all kinds of different you know rebound angles on it anyway 1993 very very important year because 1993 not just the year of hard vacuum getting cancelled but also the year windjammers came out oh yes windjammers perfect example of a fictional sport in fact very similar to uh, gridball now i'm not saying that snk took the idea from gridball at all of course they came out around the same time but you know part of that zeitgeist creators working in that that year had that sort of feeling of new futuristic sport trying to throw an item past uh, past your opponent, uh, Windjammers is a frisbee. Uh, in a uh, in the near future, you throw the frisbee past your opponent into some goals. There are different courts, much like Simon. There would have been in Gridball, uh, and you score different values for throwing a ball past your opponent. Or sorry, the frisbee past your opponent in different uh, zones. Um, those values value those sorry i'm lost in nostalgia now i'm just thinking about good <laughs> ball those values change depending on the course uh, the court that you're playing on 
Uh, it's a really, really good arcade game. Uh, super, super fun. In fact, it's the first arcade game I bought from my arcade machine when I had one of them. I absolutely love it. And this week, Simon, Windjammers 2 came out after a gap of 112 years. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Windjammers 2 is finally released. So I was really, really excited to play that. It is the same game. Uh, it's basically an arcade game. One on one. Uh, you have to throw a frisbee past your opponents for different values depending on where you get it past them on the courts. Uh, there are a number of ways of doing that, but basically you have to do it fast and fast and fast and then use special moves. Super, super simple and super playful. Does it work in this format on Steam? I'm not sure. Uh, it has basically no tutorial. You can go and look at the controls and page through them. And there are loads of them, loads of different ways of combining A and B and the directions to cause different things to happen to the Frisbee. And it's just overwhelming. It sets you up for the game very, very badly. It could really benefit from some kind of story mode that guides you through the controls and eases you into being an expert Windjammers player. It is not how I would have designed the Gridball video game. But the core experience is super, super fun. And if you play with someone in a multiplayer game, uh, someone on your same level, you'll have a great time. Um, it's very much in the vein of the original. I'm not sure you'll get much out of it if you have the original, uh, apart from nostalgia. You may be better off just playing it on MAME, assuming you have the original ROM. But uh, it's enjoyable if you don't. 7 out of 10. Uh, is it? So I've been I've been thinking about getting this on Switch. Uh, oh, it's obviously local multiplayer. Does it have it online as well? It does have online multiplayer, but like any online multiplayer, why would you want to? Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about who I'd be playing with uh, on in multiplayer. So, um, you know, playing with, with my friends list, Steve. Yeah. I'm a fully paid out member of the uh, Switch online services, uh, and I and I basically use none of its functionality. Maybe Windjammers Two is the game to enable me to do so. I think like all multiplayer games that you arrange to play with your friends uh, when you're our age, what will happen is you'll spend a week coordinating one game, play it, have fun, and then go, yeah, we should definitely do this again and never do it again. We should play that RPG VR game that we both played again. Looking forward to that. I bought... Um, what uh, Demio. Demio. I do remember. Should I only remember. But I only remember it because we kept forgetting it. Um, <laughs> I bought a cheap elite strap this week from Amazon. Thirty-five pounds. Yeah. So good. I'm, 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 I'm ready. Good. Simon. Right. We're running out of time. Okay. Good. Uh, uh, I'm going to do the Simon Byron's Fast Five in the podcast intro. So get ready no, for not. that. No. No. We haven't got time for that. Right. <laughs> good to see you. All right. Good to see you too. Uh, look forward to my COVID update next year and hopefully uh, next week. And you, by then, hopefully you'll be all clear, Simon. Goodbye. Fingers crossed I will have left the shed. Yes. Goodbye. 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 goodbye, goodbye. goodbye, goodbye.